Hey, thanks for coming back and listening to the Final Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Woody, and this is episode five. We're going to call it Tongues, the Next Level. Okay, so uh, the basis, we've talked about the benefits of praying in tongues. We laid a foundation that tongues is scriptural and that it is for every New Testament believer, that it is the gift of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it is your private prayer language by which you can experience the intimacy of God on a level that is unsurpassed and unmatched in any other way. It's really the stairwell to the supernatural in your life. You could say that you go through the door of praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, building yourself up on your most holy faith. Uh, and and there are levels of of living that are available to you that are unavailable any other way. And for an example, I wanted to look at Jesus's life because he is our standard. He's our example. He gave us the the outline by which to live our life. Scripture said he laid aside his mighty weight and power and became like other men. He lived as a man, fully God, fully man, but he laid aside his godship and operated in the earth as a man being led by the spirit of God. He constantly referred to himself as the son of man, the son of man, right? So he's our example. So did Jesus pray? And how did Jesus pray? And why did Jesus pray? I'm going to make a a statement that I'm going to back up with scripture here in just a second. Jesus prayed by himself, not for duty, but for power. He said to await for the gift of the Father, because not many days hence you'll be endued with power from on high. That's my paraphrase of, of a few scriptures put together, statements that Jesus said. But Jesus said that because he had experienced that. He established a routine and a pattern for us to follow. Jesus prayed by himself. He went, how many times he went and prayed all night, or he got up before everybody else was up and he went and prayed, or he went by himself after everyone had had gone away and prayed. He went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Uh, Let's just look at some scriptures. Luke 3, 21, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized, and while he was praying, heaven was opened. Matthew 14, 23, after he'd sent the crowds away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark 6, 46, after bidding them farewell, another crowd, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6, 12, it was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1, 35, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 5.16, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Luke 9.18, and it happened that while he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he questioned them, saying, Who do the people say that I am? Matthew 26.36, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Matthew 26.39, he went a little way beyond them, continuing this statement, and began to pray. Uh, Let's see. Mark 14, 32, they came to a place called Gethsemane. It's another account of the same. Uh, Jesus said, sit here until I have prayed. But Jesus made a habit of prayer. And then he encouraged us to do the same. When you pray to the Father, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven. John 17, 9, he's praying for us in the middle of this chapter. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but on, on behalf of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And he continues that prayer for almost three whole chapters. In Luke 22, he says, he's speaking to his apostles and to us, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Um, 
he prayed. And he's our example. He prayed for power. He prayed for fellowship with the Father. And we read from 1 Corinthians 14 in the last episode from the message translation, or sorry, paraphrase. <clears throat> I should just say version, and then I won't mess it up. But where it said that we can experience intimacy with God through praying in tongues. And that's why we pray. And it's been said that Jesus said, the servant is no greater than the master. And when he said that, he was saying, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you if you look like me and live like me. But in the same way, if you want to walk in the power that Jesus walked in, which is available for every believer, then you have to do what he did. The servant is no greater than the master. You want the results he got? Do what he did. That's a, that's a spiritual principle that operates everywhere in the earth today. If you want to be a millionaire, do what millionaires do. Find out what they did to get where they are, and if you do the same things, you're going to end up in the same place. But if you want the results Jesus had, and Jesus said, The same works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. And, and the indication there was because I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you to live in you, to baptize you, to fill you with my Spirit. And the evidence of speaking in other tongues uh, is, is the evidence of that. So there's so much available through praying in tongues. So this, this episode <clears throat> is going to be called Tongues the Next Level. Okay, so let's get right into that. Um, so, so really the last episode we talked for... Uh, we answered some questions from the previous episode, which was episode three, uh, which was all about praying in tongues. We spent an hour and 15 minutes talking about it. I believe the last episode was 28 minutes or something. Uh, so we've exhausted the intellectual elements of speaking in tongues. Who, what, when, where, why, how. We answered the questions that gave a good scriptural foundation for the practice. So this time, I want to go into the experiential uh, an experiential discussion of the benefits of praying in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit and what it can do for us in our lives. And this is really where things start to get exciting. Uh, Jesus said you'll be endued with power from on high. What's that power for? What does it look like when it is in operation in our lives? So a few scriptures here. John 14, uh, where Jesus said the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will show you things to come. So there's one job the Holy Spirit will do for us. Acts 1.8, Jesus told us again, you'll be endued with power from on high. In Acts chapter 2, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And, and, and <clears throat> if you read further down in that chapter, in Acts chapter 2, you see that the people gathered around and they were listening to them and watching them. And they said, what is going on with these guys? They're drunk. They got to be drunk. Something, something's not right here. They're, they got to be drunk. And Peter answered them and refuted them, and we'll get into that here in just a minute. But if you look at Acts 5, 8, 9, and 16, we, which we looked at in our first episode, uh, episode 3, talking about tongues, our first episode talking about tongues, you'll see that, that there's an example for us to follow in the proper order of things. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul gave us an excellent outline about the gifts of the Spirit and how to operate in them and keep order. Um, and I mentioned... Again, I'll say it again, that tongues is the door to the supernatural in your life. In other words, operating in this gift will make you more aware of his leadings within you and more comfortable yielding to his promptings. That's why uh, Jude 20 tells us that it's building ourselves up on our most holy faith. We're constantly exercising our ability to yield our tongue to our spirit by the, the, the uh, leading of the Holy Spirit. So we're learning to be led by the Spirit of God. And the more we do that, the more we com become comfortable and familiar 
with the process of yielding to his promptings and the more he is able to work in our lives. So let's cover what it looks like when we practically apply this to our daily lives and how do we get to that next level. First, you've got to understand you weren't made to live an ordinary life. You're not supposed to look normal. Jesus said you're in the world, but you're not of the world. The world doesn't recognize you because you're not of the world. Neither am I. They rejected me. They're going to reject you. And again, he said in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power. You'll be a dude with power on high, from on high, and you'll receive power to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the ends of the earth. In 1 Corinthians 3.3, 3, Paul told us not to behave like mere men. And oh, wait a minute, what do you mean don't behave like mere men? Aren't we just men? Aren't we just worms? Aren't we just poor old sinners saved by grace? No. <laughs> no, you can only be one or the other of those. Choose. You choose. Are you going to be just an old sinner or are you going to be saved by grace? Because when you're saved by grace, you're made a saint. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. All your sins are washed away. You're no longer an old sinner. So don't behave like a mere man anymore. And 1 Corinthians 14.22 talks about that the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is, is going to be a sign for unbelievers. Our lives are, are designed to attract some attention. We're not made to blend in. We're made to live on a totally different level. We are made to live supernatural lives. Our bodies even are created to handle the power of God which created the universe. Have you ever stopped to think about that? When God stood before Adam, he created this, this body of flesh and he breathed into him the breath of life. When he breathed the breath of life, that breath of life came from the inside of God. It was the very power of God. It was his spirit, his very being, and the, the body of man was designed to be a receptacle for the power of God. He breathed his very own power into Adam, and the Holy Spirit was that spirit that Adam received. And now, because Jesus has gone up into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, we receive that very same power. We are receptacles for the power of God. Our bodies, our entire being is designed to receive the power that created the universe itself. It is phenomenal to think about. And that's a study you can do for the rest of your life. It's amazing. We're designed to live supernatural lives. So how... Ooh, I, keep, I keep taking these little rabbit trails. How do we practice the presence of the Holy Spirit and fellowship with Him in our day-to-day -day lives? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 gives us, gives us a, a pretty good um, battle, battle plan, game plan. It says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, wait a minute, Woody. We can't, we can't do that. We can't rejoice all the time and, and pray without ceasing. Uh, first off, that phrase right there, pray without ceasing, doesn't mean that you can't talk to anybody because you're praying all the time. But it means make it a continual habit for you. Your first response when a problem comes up is to turn to the Father in prayer. Your first response when you need to know something is to lean into the Holy Spirit and fellowship with Him. That's your first response. It's a continual habit. It's a habitual thing. It's a lifestyle for you. But pray without ceasing. That's, that's just what that means. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow, you just never know the will of God. Well, this verse says we can. <laughs> we give thanks in all circumstances. Well, Woody, you can't give thanks in all circumstances. Well, either you're lying or God is unjust. And I'm going to say you're lying. 
because God does not tell us to do things that we cannot do. He didn't say it was going to be easy, but he's given us an order. He's given us a command. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. You're going to have, your flesh is going to rebel against this. You're going to have to put your flesh under. You're going to have to press into God. You're going to have to exercise your faith. We talked about that last, the last episode. You're going to have to press in. It's not going to be easy. Ephesians 6.18 uh, in the NIV gives us another example. It says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. All right, so let's let's examine these two scriptures at arm's length. <clears throat> so we're supposed to pray without ceasing, at all times, on all occasions, and with all kinds of prayer. Maybe we'll cover different kinds of prayer later, but surely that includes with our understanding and with our spirit, as we've been talking about, because that's when we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Remember Jude 20 uh, and 21, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So how in the world are we supposed to pray at all times, without ceasing, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayer? How, how can we, we do that? And we, we asked that question and answered it uh, when we talked about tongues for an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, but praying in tongues is one of the ways you do that because you don't know everybody, but the Holy Spirit helps us when we don't know how to pray as we ought. Uh, and, and gives us utterance so that we can pray out the perfect plan of God, mysteries and secrets of God, divine secrets of God, and we can pray perfectly. Ephesians 5.18 now tells us to be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. There it is again, always giving thanks for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to increase your capacity to receive from God, you've got to cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Giving thanks always. What that does is it shifts your focus to the one who created everything. And your what seems like a big problem only because of your perspective begins to shrink as your perspective of God begins to increase. Because you compare anything to God for any amount of time. No matter how big that problem seems, it's going to shrink in comparison to His wonderful glory. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Let's continue. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen says, For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we've all been made to drink into one Spirit. To drink into one spirit. Be filled with, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. We're made to drink into one spirit. Huh. John seven thirty seven through thirty nine says in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So we've got, be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. we got, drink. We, we drink unto one Spirit. Jesus said, come to me and drink, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. We, we covered this in, in that uh, episode 3, that he's talking about the gift of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit here. But drink. Come to me and drink. Drink unto one Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So, partaking of the Spirit of God is likened 
unto drinking. There's, there's many, many places in the Scripture where the Holy Spirit is compared to water. He's also compared to fire. Uh, but, but then here, He's not being compared to water, but we drink of the Spirit, and it's being compared to alcohol. Be not drunk with wine, or you should say alcohol, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. There's, there's a reason that alcoholic beverages are called wine and spirits. They're called wine and spirit shops because the devil has nothing original, only counterfeits. Let that sink in for a minute. There are spirits attached to alcohol because when you partake of alcohol and you get drunk on alcohol, which Ephesians 5.18 directly tells us not to do, but say you do, you are yielding the control of your members over to familiar spirits, demonic spirits. And that's why people do things they would never do if they were sober. But again, let me reiterate, the devil only has counterfeits. He can only take what God intended to be good and twist it and create a counterfeit out of it. We crave, as human beings created by God, we crave an experience that lets us relax and loosen up and, and release the cares of this world. Take that backpack of, of cares and troubles off our shoulders and just relax and get loose and have a good time. But we weren't created to get that experience through alcohol. That's the counterfeit. The Spirit of God is the original Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit by speaking you speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying out the perfect plan of God. This is how you take your, your experience with God, your intimacy with God to the next level. You, get, you pursue the, the experience of being drunk in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit to the point where you seem drunk. Now, now, some people don't believe in this, and, and I understand that. But I, I want to talk about this a little bit and give you some examples of what this, that this is scriptural. So if you look at Acts chapter 2, we've already looked at Ephesians 5.18, where he compares being filled with the Spirit to being drunk with wine. So w w w there's something there. But look at Acts chapter 2. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from the message trans, uh, paraphrase, again, the message version, again. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, When the Feast of Pentecost was come, they were all together in one place. And without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then like wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. They heard the sound. They came on the run. Then when they heard, one after another, their own mother tongue being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on and kept saying, aren't all these Gal Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our own various mother tongues? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Persia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking in our languages, describing God's mighty works. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head nor tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused. What is going on here? 
Others joked, they're drunk on cheap wine. That's when Peter stood up and backed by the other eleven spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. When he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. When the time comes, I will pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and blowing smoke, the sun turning black and the moon blood red before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous. And whoever calls out for help to me, God will be saved." That I should clarify. Whoever calls out to me, God will be saved. So he said, listen carefully to these words. And then he goes on to preach Jesus to them. But they're listening to these guys in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. We know that they get filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gives them utterance. And then they come out of the house. All these people come around and they listen to them for a while. And they watch them for a while. And they go, what's going on? And somebody starts joking. <laughs> these guys are drunk. Now, not many people actually take the time to think about that. But if you sit down and think about it, you don't automatically assume somebody is drunk just because they're speaking a different language from you. You just think, well, he's not from around here. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's speaking a different language and that ain't what we that ain't the way we talk around here. No, you don't you don't assume somebody's drunk because they're speaking a different language. What was happening? Well, look at the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, if you will. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Joy is number two on the list. Joy. He is the Spirit of joy. The Bible talks about in, in the book of Psalms that with rejoicing we shall enter His gates, and with praise and thanksgiving we come into His courts with gladness. He's the Spirit of joy. So what was happening there? They obviously saw something that made them think, Ah, uh, they're drunk. That's what's happening. They had to reason it out somehow. But the language, a different language is not enough for you to say somebody's drunk. So what was happening? Well, I, I guarantee they were stumbling. They were probably falling out under the power of God. Some of them were probably passed out and looked like they were passed out drunk. Some of them were probably stumbling down the stairs. They were in an upper room. They had to come down the stairs. They were probably laughing at the silliest things, uncontrollable laughter. And, and I say this because that's that's what drunk people do, right? That that would make me think, okay, uh, slurring his words, stumbling around, laughing uncontrollably. He's, he's drunk. He's just drunk. There is that thing about talking in a tongue that's not his own. But yeah, yeah he's just drunk. That's got to be it. He's drunk. Right? I mean, that's, that's the indicators of someone being drunk. And then we see again, uh, I reiterate in Ephesians 5.18, he told us, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess or uh, uh, lasciviousness or uncontrollability, but be filled with the Spirit. So, look, the Spirit of God was not in the earth in their day. He would come and anoint a prophet to minister. He would anoint a king. He would anoint a priest to minister for the people. He would anoint judges to deliver. He would anoint men to work with their hands. But he was not in and upon all men. And that's why he said, look, Joel talked about this in that day. I will pour out my spirit on all men, all believers. So the, they have never experienced 
the presence of God in this way. And then all of a sudden, Jesus standing in heaven pours out the Holy Spirit. Even that phrase is likened to alcohol. You pour alcohol. He pours out the Holy Spirit on these guys. The presence of God hits them in such a powerful way they've never experienced before. I guarantee there were some of them that were just passed out under the power of God. They, Their bodies had never come into contact with this kind of power. They've never had to handle this kind of experience. And so they, they speak with tongues as the Holy Spirit gives them utterance, but I guarantee there was some drunken-looking activity going on. And that's that's the indication. That's why these guys said, uh, these guys are just drunk. That's that's all this is. It's, it's right? They're, they're drunk, right? Ephesians 5.18, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. These guys got filled. I mean, filled. Not many of us have uh, walked in that level of filling. Ephesians 5.18, where it says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. If you break that phrase down, be filled with the Spirit, and you go to the Greek, it says, be continually being filled. As a matter of fact, I believe the Amplified brings that out. You can be refilled, and we examined that in episode 3, that you can be refilled, and you can have constant refillings of the Spirit. But these guys, this was the initial filling. This was the initial entrance of the Spirit of God in this way into the earth since Adam. Okay, there was some stuff going on. So let's compare the original Spirit with the counterfeit Spirit, which we said was alcohol. Let's look at the counterfeit first. So when you get drunk on alcohol, you get happy. You might laugh uncontrollably. You seem to be joyful, but it doesn't last. You experience delusion and delirium, so you think your problems are gone, only because you've forgotten them, maybe. But really, when you come to, they're still there, and now they're compounded because you're in a worse state to deal with them. You're, 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 you've got a migraine. <laughs> you didn't sleep any the night before. Right, your body's fighting off this poison that you poured down your throat. Side effects of getting drunk on alcohol. You got overhang symptoms such as throbbing headaches, bloodshot eyes, vomiting, and other discomforts. You've got lack of sleep, which results in moodiness. And, and lack of sleep has the same indicators as drunkenness. If you get less than six hours of sleep, your body operates as if you were legally drunk. Same response times, same data processing capabilities. You've got the potential for alcohol poisoning in large doses, kidney damage and failure long-term, also loads of carbs, which make you fat, destroy your metabolism, uh, distend your gut, and wreck your health. Alcohol is addictive. It results in a bondage to a cruel slave master and loss of control, physical and mental control. You, you've got immediate effects, which equal loss of bodily control and functions, impaired ability to think, reason, and make rational and intelligent decisions, loss of short-term memory, and a handing over of the keys to outside forces, and extreme susceptibility to suggestion, resulting in negative behavior and life-changing poor decisions. Again, I mentioned that, that people do things when they are drunk that they would never in a million years consider if they were sober. They make life-changing decisions for themselves and other people. They'd never, if they were sober, they'd never let somebody drive drunk. But when they're drunk... That decision-making ability is impaired, and they get behind the wheel and take somebody else's life. That is the counterfeit. That is being drunk on alcohol. So compare that, contrast that with the original spirit, the Holy Spirit, being drunk on the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit of God. 
you will experience joy which is deep, refreshing, satisfying, and eternal. And when you come to, so to speak, you'll be a different person. There'll be no delusion or delirium. Rather than forgetting your problems, you'll gain perspective on them at the least, while usually you receive revelation and direction on how to solve them. You will leave with answers, and you leave in a better position to handle whatever you're facing. Side effects of being drunk on the Spirit? Joy, easiness, confidence, awareness, refreshing, awareness of the Holy Spirit within you. You will sleep like a rock. Absolutely no possibility for overdose or negative side effects or negative health effects. You were created to fellowship with Him, and He is the source of life. The Spirit of God in you and your awareness of Him will lead to health and life in every area. Similar to being drunk on alcohol, there may be a loss of bodily control. The difference is, this time, you've chosen who you yield your members to, and He's a good Father who loves you and will not harm you. With alcohol, the control room is abandoned, and whatever evil spirit wants to get in can get in. Uh, it, it would be informative to note that, that right here, most scholars agree that when Paul mentions witchcraft in Galatians 5.20, he's referring to drug use and addiction. Uh, as this is what is deemed witchcraft in was deemed witchcraft in that day. So then, as now, when drugs cause you to lose control of your faculties, any old evil spirit can get to them. Not happening when you yield to the Holy Spirit. You, When you're drunk on the Holy Spirit, you get a heightened awareness of the Spirit, greater perspective, and enhanced ability to make beneficial decisions concerning your life and your future. Addiction while possible, will result only in improved life, health, and peace. Yeah, <laughs> is a hundred thousand million times better than being drunk on alcohol. <clears throat> now, how do you partake of the Spirit? How do you drink of the Spirit and, and not be drunk on alcohol, but be filled with the Spirit and have these experiences on another level, this intimacy with God on another, another level where you're basically bypassing your body. Praying in tongues allows you to bypass your mind. Getting drunk on the Spirit allows you to bypass your mind and your, and your body. It's, it's a phenomenal experience. So how do you get drunk on the Spirit? We already mentioned Ephesians 5.18. Which says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You do it by speaking to yourselves. Anytime you think, be filled, you need to equate that with speaking. It's either going to be speaking in tongues, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all things unto God and the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how you drink of the Spirit. So spiritual songs could be songs that you are singing in your private prayer language. You can sing in tongues. And the Lord may give you a melody, and you may just roll with that all day. Or you may be reading from the book of Psalms, which is the songbook of the Israelites, of the Hebrews. And one may just jump out at you, and, and the Lord may have you put that to melody and sing that to yourself all day long. All night, wake up with that on your lips and on your mind. Or he may give you something fresh and new. You're praying, you're spending time with him, and he gives you a melody and, and a verse or an entire song inspired by the Spirit. That would be a spiritual song as well. And you can, you can 
meditate on that all day long. You can sing that to yourself all day long. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Or you can also enter in by praying in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so all these are ways that you can drink of the Holy Spirit. Now, unlike alcohol, well, similar to alcohol, there are different potencies. The Spirit of God doesn't change in potency. He is the almighty power of God. But our ability to assimilate Him and, and His presence uh, becomes strengthened or weakened depending on our experience. So you could say potency comes with experience. Ephesians 3.19 in the Amplified, where Paul is praying for us, he said, I pray that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being under the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence, and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. This filled and flooded with God himself comes practically through experience for yourselves. So you could say spiritual potency increases with use. Again, the spirit of God doesn't change, but our ability to assimilate him and drink him in changes. Uh, in the same way that you get drunk faster on higher potency alcohol, there's also a way to, and I quote, air quote, increase the potency of the drinking and of the spirit that you're engaging in. It comes with practice and experience. The first time that you, you know, the, the old, old time Pentecostals, <laughs> they understood this and they would talk about praying through. You know, I've, I've heard, uh, I actually had a, a conversation recently where um, <clears throat> uh, the guy I was talking with said that he, he, he talked with an old time Pentecostal and the guy said, I just don't feel like I've done anything in prayer until I've got to that place. He was talking about praying through. The old old time Pentecostals called it praying through. When you spend time in prayer until you you break through. It's almost like, for me, it's like pedaling a bicycle up a hill. And then when you get to the top of the hill, you hit that crest and it gets a little bit easier. And then all of a sudden, it's all downhill and it's it's just fast and flowing. Uh, Brother Hagin referred to it as a gusher. You pray and you pray and you pray and then you hit this gusher and then it just it comes out and you get to this next level experience that you maybe maybe you have never entered into that place but it it it, it comes and it it becomes easier and and it comes faster with experience that you may know practically through experience for yourself and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself so so it, you know it the first time you pray through it might take you all day or maybe you're singing a spiritual song or, or speaking a psalm to yourself, but it may take you all day. And I don't mean that you have to be out loud with it all day, but you get up in the morning and this, this melody's on your heart and you're singing to yourself and you're praising God and you're, you're, you're meditating on, on what He's spoken to you and what He's given you. And then you go to work and just under your breath, still in your heart, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And maybe you're humming that melody and the words are in your mind and you just keep it going. And then lunchtime, you get some alone time, you come back out and you sing it again. And then you go back around people and you got to kind of keep it quiet, but it's still in your heart. And then by the time you get home, you you you, you know, you go to put the key in the door and you miss miss the keyhole several times. And finally, you get the door open and you step through and, and you're like, Ugh. still singing but you're kind of swaying a little bit and you lean over against the wall to catch yourself. And then you go, you go over and you shut the door and you go over to sit down on the bed and you completely miss the bed and hit the floor. And that just strikes you as so funny that you laugh uncontrollably for what must be 10 minutes. 
or <laughs> you're drunk in the Spirit. You have partaken of His Spirit to the point where you have filled yourself up, or He has filled you, maybe a better way to say it, to the point where you are drunk on the Spirit of God. And again, you, you get a lot of the same indications as being drunk on alcohol, because alcohol is a counterfeit. But there's no negative side effects, and there's so many good things that come with this experience. So one thing I'd, I'd like to, to mention is that, you know, Jesus would go off by himself and pray. And there's multiple times that Scripture says he prayed all night. He spent all night in prayer. And I think a lot of believers, I think I think I think I can say this and and be fairly accurate. There's a large majority of believers who have never experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Of those, there's quite a few that don't exercise in it. And of those, there's there's a extreme minority who have ever taken the time and the effort and the tenacity to push through and get to that next level place of being drunk in the Holy Spirit, being drunk on the Holy Spirit, however you want to say it. And I believe that's because it takes tenacity. You've got to be determined, Lord, I see this in your word. I want to experience it, and I'm not leaving until I do. And and again, it's something you're going to have to stick with. The first time you do this, it may, may take you six or eight or ten hours to reach that level. But then you continue, and the next time, it only takes you four hours. And then the next time, it only takes you two and a half and you'll get to the point where you can sit down in your private time with the Lord and in 10 minutes, you're in the Spirit. You're just there and you're having wonderful, intimate fellowship with God. And I think so few people experience this. And, and myself, I don't, I don't do this enough. I believe we all need more of this, but so few people do this because it does require some dedication some determination, tenacity, and and the the ability to shut your mind down and step away from your problems and from all those little things. You know, dinner's got to be cooked and, and laundry's got to be done. And I'm not saying forget about those. I'm saying let, focus your mind on the throne of God. Focus your mind on the presence of God and getting into His His. Uh, his presence, so to speak. He never leaves us or forsakes us, so His presence is always here. But getting to that place where you're experiencing an intimate fellowship with Him like you maybe never have. And that is such a blessing. It's so wonderful. And and you get you, you really get out of your mind when you get to that place. You get drunk on the Holy Ghost. You're drunk out of your mind and into the mind of Christ. Scripture says we have the mind of Christ. So that's that's what this is all about. That's the next level that is available through the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's the next greater level. And we can talk a little bit about the greater gifts, the 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 greater operations and manifestations. Uh, a little bit later on um, in 1 Corinthians 12. I, I mentioned a little bit of that in the last episode, but uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, I'll read that. It says, Covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Uh, the next the next episode, we may... No, we're not. So I, I know this this episode is probably out there for some people. Uh, it's probably probably a little bit at the edge of their faith limit, <laughs> the edge of their faith level. And, and for me, it was at one point. 
And until you until you step out and you believe God and you you uh, uh, I don't want to say test Him in this, but test His Word, test His Word, test and see, check it out. Uh, look at the Word, look at the Scriptures that we've used, examine it for yourself, and find out is this an experience that that God guarantees His believers, and can I experience it? And then when you find out that you can, go for it, go all out and 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 get drunk on the Holy Ghost. It's, like I said, it's phenomenal. It's an intimacy that you, uh, to my knowledge, you can't experience any other way. So I think that'll wrap up the, this will be episode five, Tongues, the next level. And I think we're done with tongues for a while. We're going to move on to some other cool stuff. So thanks for listening. Um, If this was out there, don't, don't discard it. Uh, if, if you're not sure about it, set it on the shelf, check the scriptures, check the word and, and ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation on it. Uh, but, but, uh, you don't have to do anything with it right now, but set it on the shelf because when, uh, when you're ready for it, it'll be there then. So I love you guys. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.